ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Another episode of the Nosebleeds Podcast, WFUV's exclusive baseball podcast. We're reaching the end of April here as the Yankees and Mets are struggling a little bit. Some surprises around the league. We're going to get into all of it. Brian Raybacks here, pleased to be joined alongside Ethan Kramer and Andy Perez. Guys, it's that time of year where... We've, we're a little deep into it, but it's still very early, so we're going to have to make some assessments so far, but there's about 130 games left, so there's going to be some interesting conversations, and I'm excited to get into it today with you guys. Yeah, always excited to talk some baseball. We're almost at the one-month mark, so it should be a, should be a fun little podcast today. Yeah, it should be fun. This is my first time on Nosebleeds. Let's go, so, dude. Excited to be on. It's exciting to be on. It's exciting that baseball's in full swing, and the New York team's... They're scuffling a little bit. We talked a little bit about it off the air. They're scuffling, and a lot of people are freaking out, as New York baseball fans are usually calm and collected when their teams are losing April baseball games. New York fans in general. Yeah, but we're, we're going to get into it. We'll start with the Yankees and then transition to the Mets afterwards, and we're really going to try to dissect how much of the concerns that people are raising are valid. So we'll start with the Yankees and this offense, guys. It's been tough to watch in the last couple of games. Yesterday, they had a big day. They scored 12 runs against Minnesota, which has to be encouraging, but that was kind of an outlier to what's been a tough five- or six-game stretch. The Toronto series, they weren't able to get anything going, and then a lot of that continued into the series they had against the Minnesota Twins. And honestly, this lineup right now, they're really suffering from the injuries. They're running out guys like Willie Calhoun, Franchi Cordero, Aaron Hicks on a regular basis. And this lineup with all their all the depth that they've had depleted is just not getting the job right now, done right now. You know, I actually saw this crazy stat on Willie Calhoun later the, or earlier this week on Twitter. I was just going about it. My Twitter's for some reason filled with Yankees Yankees updates because a lot of people are voicing their displeasure with what they're seeing. <laughs> but it it's all over. But it said he was bottom three, if not the worst in all of MLB since 2020 in war, just total war. And that's the guy that they're continually putting out. Just, they kind of forced to by necessity, but they can't keep doing this for too long. Otherwise, I think the the Rays are going to go too far ahead. Is the same with the uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah. So is is the Yankees' plan right now to kind of just stay afloat with like the absence of Stanton? Because you can tell that they, their their lineup misses Stanton. They're just the offense. You know, they need that production from him and. It's what what was his injury a hamstring injury it was like, uh, it was a it was a ha- yeah it was a ham yeah. a grade two hamstring strain so he's out for two months which is tough yeah big loss and then yeah yeah and then you look at the rest of the lineup there's a couple of guys who they're relying on one through five looks looks like it's getting the job at least done to a decent level judge had slumped a little bit but he had a three hit day yesterday but- so he's Hope is looking much better. Yeah, he has gotten better, which is encouraging. His last couple of games have been really good. Struggling a little bit on defense, though, which yeah. you don't want to see. But we all kind of understood that as a rookie, he was going to take some time with an adjustment period, and he didn't play any games at AAA, so he had a little bit of a tough couple of couple of games to start the season. But now he seems to be rolling a little bit, so if he could continue that, that would be huge. But one through five is really... No one's fearing anyone outside of that. 
Yeah. yeah we Glaber's talk- slowing down a little after his hot start, but it wasn't we knew that wasn't gonna be able to keep. But his numbers are still good. His but yeah, numbers- they're still they're still better than they have been. His numbers are still good. His power numbers are there. So he's been off to a solid start. Rizzo's hitting the ball. You obviously know what you're getting out of Aaron Judge. DJ LeMayhew's off to a solid start. And then after that's the real drop-off and where you really miss Stanton and especially Harrison Bader because you look at the outfield and who you're running out there. It's Franchi Cordero who had a good four games and then relegated back to what he was in Boston, which was much of a non-factor. So... They're going to need some guys back, and one of those guys is coming back soon, and that's Harrison Bader, and I'm interested in the impact that Bader could have on the offense, especially with what he did in the postseason last year. A lot of people are excited to see what he's going to do. Well, I actually think, I think Bader is more of a, in addition defensively, able to take center field. Like Aaron Judge should not be playing any games in center field after signing that huge contract. Mm-hmm. Keep him in right or DH him. Give him more DH days, please. But yes, Harrison Bader is a solid hitter, but I don't think he's what what he showed Yankees fans what he was in the postseason. Yeah, he was he was like Babe Ruth. Yeah, in the postseason. I, I I don't think he's that. He's he's solid at best, but he's in a perfect world for the Yankees. He should be their nine hole. Hmm. I I yeah. He's gonna be a set a guy in the bottom three of the yeah. order most likely unless he goes on that tear. But yeah, his defense in center field is unmatched around the rest of the league. He is so good. And then it's all a. Guessing game as to what they're going to do roster wise when he does come back. Who gets sent down? Do they send down Calhoun? Do they get? Do they cut Cordero? Do they? Do they DFA Aaron Hicks, who's been brutal to start this season? So there's an interesting decision that they have to make. But Harrison Bader coming back is going to be huge for this lineup. Yeah, um, and I think just having him back kind of takes a lot of pressure off, like guys who were brought on to be off the bench, bats off the bench, kind of platoon guys. It takes the pressure off of them. And kind of lets the Yankees like not be as thin. You know, I'm getting that suspicion that I think Aaron Hicks might be on this roster all year. I don't see. I thought that going into the season, it was going to be tough to cut him, and there's not a lot you can. No, obviously, no one wants to trade for him. But honestly, looking at it now and seeing what the Diamondbacks just did with Madison yeah. Bumgarner, where they ate 34 million dollars of that contract. There's no reason that they can't. And the the other day, he got a base hit in the Minnesota game, but he was hitting 107. Like he had he had been that bad. I saw some atrocious outplay defense for him. Which yeah, he which, did. He misplayed a ball yeah. the other night, and that's another thing that's carrying over. His defense been hasn't been good either. So he can't. Even, he doesn't even have that to make up for his lackluster yeah. offensive play. Very true. But even when you look at that rotation, Johnny Burrito started off extremely hot. Past few games, got shelled. Not striking out anyone. Give me some big old negative points in fantasy. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> Especially I I was there. He the seven earned runs in the first inning. Oof, brutal. That but was against the Twins. That, that was against yeah. the Twins. Yeah, I mean the Twins have a good lineup, but yeah, Burrito kind of got, kind of got, kind of got rocked in that game. But that's another, that's another area where they have the injuries. The pitching rotation is miss, they're missing sixty percent of the guys that they thought they were going to be there. Uh, Rodon's been out, and now his injuries are just lingering. Yeah, they're you never just, want the forearm injury. <laughs> yeah. Never want that. And he's got his back issue, too, that, oh, his back's still barking. That was the exact term Boone used. There hasn't really been much of an update on Severino, and then Montas is out for the whole season. And then a couple of guys who were thrown in there that you thought were going to be big pieces, they've been kind of underwhelming. Clark Schmidt not off to a great start this year. Rough first four starts, but did have a good start his last time out against the Blue Jays, but... 
The Yankees are just depleted by injuries, and I know a lot of people are voicing their frustration that, yes, the lineup has not been good at all, but what do you expect when you're running out Franchi Cordero and Willie Calhoun and all those guys? And you're getting nothing from the catcher, and Oswaldo Cabrera hasn't started to hit either. And another thing I want to bring up with the lineup is I kind of want Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to get in there consistently, at least until Harrison Bader's back, because they're obviously not getting a lot out of their corner outfield spot— uh, corner outfield spots unless judge is playing center field they're not getting anything out of the corner outfield spots and with with i with ikf i mean if he's hitting one around 170 right now but if he's put in that lineup consistently he's going to do better than that like you're not going to succeed if you're in and out of the lineup every single day so and he's proven to be serviceable in center field too so i think that's something the yankees should explore at least in the next couple of weeks i don't know about you guys i mean really they can't go wrong i would i'd get willie calhoun as far away from the lineup as possible because as we've seen with IKF, he has had some spurts back in the past, whether it's with the Rangers or at some point in his career with the Yankees. He has shown that he can be an, a serviceable hitter in the lineup. Yeah, and I think you have to take the upside with IKF. You know, just when seeing the like what Hicks has been doing, seeing how Calhoun's been playing out. If you're um, Boone, you you kind of don't want to take the risk of just sub, like just awful production from these guys that kind of have been around and you'll take the play on IKF who like Ethan said has shown flashes of greatness with his time on the Rangers and it's tough with the injuries but in this in also a similar sense you can't really take it easy on the Yankees for the injuries because with the way this roster is constructed you almost have to see these coming yeah. Stanton and Donaldson hurt it would be who a surprise if they coming? didn't hit the IL right you're yeah. you're bracing yourself for the Stanton IL stint and Donaldson He's at thirty. He's thirty-seven years old. You have to see that coming. So a lot of it's not really on how Aaron Boone's managed this lineup. It's just that this roster is constructed in a tough way, where they're going to have players that are injured, and then when they get injured, they're going to have a hard time really sustaining that. Yeah, one hundred percent. But when the I think when they get back, even fully healthy, they still need additions in their lineup. Their still lineup, fully healthy, is not good enough to win this division. It's not good enough to. I say get past the CS. You know, they, they, have, they, yeah, have, they, they haven't, haven't done the it. DS, so, the yeah. DS, the DS. Interesting. I, I, before the season, I remember I was talking with all these Yankees fans, and they were, they were giving it to me because I had them third in the division. That's aggressive. I said Blue Jays and Rays are a better team than them. Well, the, Ray, the Rays look good. <laughs> the yeah. Rays look really good, so you might have that there. But, yeah, I, the lineup is not getting it done now, but when they get their guys back, I mean, they, they, they're better than a third-place team. At least in my opinion. But the Yankees, they have a series against the Texas Rangers coming up now, and they're going to try to rebound. They had that 12-run game yesterday against the Twins, as we mentioned. But there's a lot that remains to be seen. And on the other side of it, we'll shift over to the New York Mets. And they're also struggling a lot right now. And there's a lot of Mets fans who are really upset. And I feel like a lot of the concerns that New York baseball fans have a lot of it's a little more justified with the Mets right now. I mean, you're losing the first two games of the series to the Washington Nationals. Gore, letting, Gore pitched well. Gore pitched well, but he looked good. You're letting Josiah Gray yeah. and Mackenzie Gore strike all strike all your guys out. I think they had nine or ten strikeouts each in these starts. So, and this is a, a Nationals team, by the way, that had the worst starting pitcher ERA in the entire major leagues last season. So, it's not necessarily a pitching staff that you want to get carved up on and. The offensive struggles have been prevalent so far, which Ethan has been what Mets fans have been concerned about. A lot of people have been concerned about the offense, and now we're seeing the issues play right in front of us. Well, similarly, the Yankees have their 
too Aaron Judge heavy. The Mets have been too Pete Alonso heavy, at least when relying on bombs, and pretty much being their main run contributor. The bottom of the order is not really getting on base. Vogelback's not really doing anything. So similarly to the Yankees, I I think that they're gonna have to find some additions, and I think it's safe to say for the for the Mets, it wouldn't be out of the question to consider them the third best team in their division right now, behind the Phillies and. The Braves. Obviously, that's, the Braves. That's, are the, a, that's a talented division. So yeah, that's that's a, that's more of a feasible yeah. take. And yeah, there's a debate to be had there. The Braves are off to a hot start. The, they're the be- I think they're the best team in baseball. That's my world. The best team favorite. in baseball. The, yeah. Ooh. You World Series pick? Like, yeah. The Braves. Wi- wow. No one's hitting Strider. Strider's been really effective to start the team, but we're getting we're getting <laughs> off base here. But the Mets, the offensive is starting. They're bottom five in the National League in slugging percentage, which is crazy when you think that Pete Alonso has ten home runs to start the season. So it shows. The lack of production that they've had the, the rest of the way. I mean, Lindor is off to a mediocre start. Canna hasn't been hitting. Marte hasn't been hitting. So there's a lot of guys in this lineup that they need to produce that aren't doing it right now. And Andy, if this offense doesn't get going, they're going to need the pitching to pick it up. But their pitching doesn't even have the assets right now either to to uphold the offense. Yeah. Um. I th- I think just right now where the Mets at I think well going back to the hitting piece I think what hurts them the most is Eduardo Escobar a guy who kind of was a big Oof. contributor for them last year who's just fallen off a cliff this year just almost to the point where you can't even put him on the field give him pinch it at bats he's just been that bad yeah he's been brutal he's hitting in the one fifties they called up Brett Beatty he's been getting some at bats but you can't uh, you're getting to the point where you can't run out Escobar for much longer and he wasn't even that good for. A long stretch last season and then he had those unreal last couple of months but and then that kind of gave people hope that maybe he can he can be an asset in 2023 and it's just looking like that's not gonna happen and if uh, there's there's hitters in this lineup that are gonna end up producing like Lindor is gonna come around I have faith in Mark Canna I'd be a little concerned about Marte I, I, I don't know I mean he's been hitting the two hole a lot but I think with his injury history, he's at his age 34 season two. He's not getting any younger. I don't know. That could be a contract on the books that might end up being an issue for them later on. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Marte, a lot of his game is built on him being a physical specimen. He's bigger than everyone else, as we can also see with his uh, his roid scandals. Mm-hmm. But yes, he's one of those players that is not going to age well. Not like a Nelson Cruz type of aging. So I could totally see him aging and losing some natural athleticism, which could be affecting his game. Yeah, and that was kind of like what he brought when he was with the Pirates, right? And when the A's traded for him, like he was just, his athleticism was kind of He was a spark plug. He would would fire that team up. He was a difference maker for the A's. Yeah, and another area I want to shift to is the catcher position. It's an area where it had a lot of focus for the Mets this year with you had Narvaez and you had Nito and Alvarez was going to start the year in AAA. Well, now Narvaez is hurt, and now it's been Alvarez and Nito at the forefront of it. And can you guys believe they have one extra base hit from the catcher position all year? We're, at, that, the, we're at the end of April, and that's the Alvarez home yeah. run <laughs> on Sunday, which is crazy. So they're going to need more offense from the catcher, and they're going to need more offense all around. And this Mets team really looks kind of dead set on a team that needs to pick up a bat at the deadline. This is something that's going to need to happen if they're going to have long-term success and compete for this NLEs title. Yeah, well, first off with Alvarez, I know he's slumping, but he's the number one prospect in the league for a reason. Just, I would say the Mets fans don't get don't harp no, on yeah, him. No, yeah, there absolutely him, has yeah. to be patience with yeah. him. It's the same thing with Volpe, right? Yes. Where you have to take his time a little bit. He got a brief stint in the majors last year in that series against the Braves, which made no sense bringing yeah, him out up at that Yeah, out of nowhere, time. yeah. And then now he's 
still trying to figure it out in his first month. So I agree that he needs some time to just still get his foot dipped into the get water. Consistent ABs every exactly. Day, yeah. But he's got to earn it too. But he does have the only extra base hit as a catcher for the Mets this year. Absolute so. bomb. That was like yeah. at his head level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So they're going to need some more offensive production. But the pitching, uh, going on to that, their pitching kind of needs to – they need to, to pick up for what they've lost as Furlander hasn't thrown a pitch all season. And now Scherzer's dealing with his suspension. So since then, they're running out some interesting names – Start Joe, Joey Lucchesi pitched for the first time in, or started a game for the first time in two years last week, and he threw seven shutout innings, which yeah, was he was pretty solid. Yeah, it, which was unbelievable. But that's not sustainable. And Kodai Senga's had a very mediocre start to the season. Tyler McGill. So the offense hasn't been great, and especially in this last stretch, the pitching hasn't been that solid either, which has lead, led to this four-game losing streak. So there's not a lot going right in Queens right now for the Mets. Yeah. yeah. And you got to be optimistic, though, because I just read that Verlander is expected to make his debut next week against the Tigers. So, I mean, like, just in terms of getting him back. Where is that? Is that going to be in Detroit? the Tigers. Yeah. Oh, a little homecoming. A little yeah. homecoming for Justin Verlander, yeah, where he started his career. That'll be exciting. But be, overall, with, with, the, with the Mets pitching, once you get those guys back, you got to think you're dead set, you're good. But on the other hand, what's the availability of those guys? Yeah, what can we expect from almost a 40-year-old coming off Tommy John? Yeah. Or no, you have I mean, two, coming you have, off a of Cy Young too. Coming off a of Cy his Young, second year off Tommy John. Like, is he really going to be throwing ninety six, ninety seven, a hundred pitches in still? He, I mean, it's Justin Verlander. I, I don't, I don't want to say anything, especially after seeing him come off a of Tommy John and then have the best season of his career. I don't, I don't want to doubt the guy, but at the same time, it's just the injuries that are the concern because you have two forty year old starting pitchers that you're paying a lot of money, and if they're not on the field on the mound pitching on a consistent basis. How far can this team go? <laughs> not far again. I just I don't see them beating a lot of teams. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not a playoff team if they can't figure this out soon. I know they're still winning these games, but if just looking at the roster, same with the Yankees, the rosters are as not as good as the teams ahead of them in the division. Yeah, and in a division like this, like the margins are paper thin. You can't afford to kind of lose your two best star or lose one of your two best starters and or like just have subpar production from them and expect to be competing for a division crown, let alone wild card spot. And you know what? Speaking of this division, the Braves come into town this weekend for a three-game series. So if they end up winning that series against the Braves, you could have a bit of a ease the tension type moment with Mets fans. But if they lose that series to the Braves, if they get swept, and also if they don't win this game tonight against the Nationals, you are you hitting the panic button if you're a Mets fan? What are you guys doing? I wouldn't panic if you're getting a four-game sweep against the the Braves, just because I don't expect them to beat Max Fried or Spencer Strider, and Charlie Morton's a solid pitcher as well. I could see my are those are those the three lined up to pitch? It's four series? game, yeah, and then Bryce Edler is against Max Scherzer on Monday. Oh, that's right. They had the Monday wrap what, yeah wrap around. Excuse but me, but Freed Strider back to back is a very that's a bear, tough draw. That's, for that's a not a good hit like dealt. this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's about the worst time to get three perennial aces, essentially, coming at you. But we'll see what they can do against the Braves. They have, they're have they off to a tough start, but we'll see. We'll see if they add anything at the deadline. But those are the conversations that we're having now. And I don't want to overreact with the Mets or the Yankees because overall these teams on paper should be set to make the playoffs and easily cruise to October. But... They're off to tough starts right now, but 
really how much can we look into it? What 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 is there to take from it? Are the Mets is there a real concern? That's the problem I have with April baseball. I always feel like I watch April baseball and I start making way too quick of judgments and then I just get proven wrong. So how how much can we look into this Mets and or Yankees concerns? Are they are they feasible? Are they real? What are you guys thinking? Andy, I'll start with you. I mean, April baseball is always hard to look at just with how teams go up, get off to hot starts and then just have a bad month of June and kind of just fall off or teams sl- start slow and pick it up like the Braves did the year they won the World Series. It's it's always hard to gauge how teams are doing, but if these are trends that are going to continue throughout the year, then yeah, I'd say there's cause for concern if you're a Mets or Yankees fan. Yeah, similarly to Andy, I do think there is cause for concern just based off me just seeing these rosters actually come out and play. They didn't fix any of their – they didn't address any really issues in the offseason that they needed to. Obviously, I guess they signed Rendon, but he's hurt. So right now they're pretty much a team last year that wasn't good enough, just a little bit worse because there's no way Judge is as good as he was last year. Sure. And same with – you could say the same about Pete Alonso too, that he's probably going to digress a little bit. Yeah. Is How how much of this hot start is he going to sustain? Yeah. He's been really good, but there's got to be a cooling off period, so – We'll see what these teams are able to accomplish, and we'll shift over now to the rest of the league. How about I want to start with one team and highlight them because they've been on everyone's radar, surprising everybody. This is the thing with April baseball. You're going to get some surprises, and how about these Pittsburgh Pirates? A lot of these people had this team dead set as a bottom five team in the league, last place in the NL Central potentially, and now look at them. They're sitting at 18-8, and eight, the best record in the National League, and... A lot of people threw out the, they haven't played anybody. Well, now the Dodgers just came into PNC Park, and they just took two out of three. So, again, with this, you have to wonder, a team that's not great not great on paper, but coming in and off to a hot start, guys, are the Pittsburgh Pirates for real? I'm not going to say they're for real, because for real, I think, means a playoff team. I think the, they're better than a 60-70 to 70 win team. Maybe they're 75-80 to 80 wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with that, there's... This has a t- potential to be a team that's been better than the Pittsburgh Pirate teams that we've seen in recent years where they're winning 60 ga- f- games in the 50s, like that kind of number of win total during a season. But now, I mean, I, st- I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I want to I ease the Kool-Aid. I know there have been people around WFUV that have been drinking that Kool-Aid <laughs> a little bit, but overall, I, I, I can't see this team as a playoff team because there's no way that this is sustainable. I just don't see it. Yeah, who's who's their pitch, pitching staff right now? They got they got they got Rich Hill. Okay, he's been he's been balling up the past it's, few it's games. It's crazy. Forty two year old Rich Hill 50, has been yeah. their best pitcher. It's crazy, and this offense too, they're having a crazy season. Andrew McCutcheon, who we all thought was at the tail end of his career, just gonna have a little farewell tour with the Pirates. No, he's been one of their best hitters. He's been one of their best bats. His OPS is in the is in the eight eighties. He's been really good. And Jack Sawinski, who had showed flashes last year. Now he's coming into his own and off to a great start. So there's a lot to be excited about in this offense. Oh, and by the way, Brian Reynolds is doing everything that we expect him to this year, and they just signed him to an eight-year extension, which is huge for that team. Yeah, they got him and Cabrian Hayes locked up for almost the next decade. But, yeah, obviously soon they'll be four months, I guess, from now they'll be getting O'Neill Cruz back, which was just a Yeah, that was a devastating that, that injury. Was, they're, they're doing all this without him. That was supposed to be their big dude, you know. Freak athlete hitting the ball 120 miles per hour, throwing it 100 across the diamond. He was like supposed to be the only bright spot of this season for them. Yeah, like, him, 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 and, him and Reynolds. There was almost no one else in this lineup, and now 
Yeah, Sawinski's got an OPS at a thousand to start the year. Got to give credit to Bednar too. Yeah, Bednar's yeah. been so he, he's good. been lights out for them. Lights kind out of. in the back end of that bullpen. So it's nice that you have a piece like that who can also be an asset, an All Star last year, and looking so far like he's gonna get back to the Midsummer Classic. Connor Joe is hitting. 304 and 972 OPS. I don't know what's happening with a lot of these guys, but again, with some of these names that are off to a great start, you have to think that they're going to cool off because I saw a couple of years ago with the Kansas City Royals, if you remember, they had the best year record in the American League at the end of April and then they immediately lost 11 straight games and showed who they truly were. You so see, you see that uh the minor leaguer was it Drew like Maggie? Oh, that's an awesome that's an yeah. awesome story. Spending 13 years in the minors and then finally getting the call—that's awesome. Of course, he gets the uh, the pitch clock pitch clock violation strike on his first uh, for the ovation. <laughs> well, that, that's that's baseball in 2023, right? <laughs> You're gonna have moments like those, and yeah, I mean, it's like you have special moments with guys at the plate. I I remember Matt Carpenter going back to St. Louis, or Albert Pujols going back to St. Louis for the first time is the better example. He takes a lot of time, tips his hat to the to the crowd, and then. Today, that would be a pitch clock violation. Well, I know game one over at PNC Park, I think they the umpire gave some leeway for McCutcheon for his ovation back. Would have liked to see that. I guess you don't get that respect when you're a thousand-plus minor league games. No, yeah, but he did at the, at, He did get a little bit – he did get an at-bat yeah. to start, and then it was a couple pitches into yeah. the at-bat where he got yeah. the violation. I guess what what's the umpire supposed yeah. to do, right? But the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's crazy. They're – on top of the NL Central, they're on top of the whole National League, but I would th- I would think with the teams in this division, the Brewers, the Cubs are off to a decent start, the Cardinals are scuffling, but they should be better. This is an insustainable start, in my opinion. I think we've harched over this point a lot already. Yeah. And also, back to that, I don't even think we can expect a lot of these hitters that are performing well, at least like the Carlos Santanas of the team, to even be on the roster at the end of the year. They, they were signed for a purpose to get traded later in the year. And then, Andy, were you going to yeah. say something? Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, this month of May is going to be a big test for the Pirates. I'm just looking ahead who they have. They have the Rays, Blue Jays, I mean, Rockies, Orioles, Diamondbacks, and then Rangers, and they finish with the Mariners. Like, this will kind of, like you said about the Royals, at the end, end of April, they were the best team in the league. But, you know, one month wasn't kind of them 11th game losing streak. So, we'll see with the Pirates after this. And that's the thing I was saying. There's a month into the season where there's been time and it's getting late early. That's the expression that people love to use. But there's still so many games left yeah. in the season. It's not even quarter of the way through. Right. And so there's a lot of time for a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates to fall back. But I am excited for the – and you have to, if you're a Pirates fan, you have to be excited for their future. And this is a year where they can take a step forward. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. I don't think they have any chance of that happening. But – Maybe be a 75-win team, excuse me, which looking at the last couple of years that they've had, that would be— That's a win of a, of a yeah, season it has for them. To be, it has to be, right? Their 20-year rebuild that they've been going through. I mean, that's... And you have a lot of young pieces, too. So there's a lot to be excited about with the Pirates, but we'll see what they do afterwards. I want to talk a little bit about the team that they played today, and that would be the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Dodgers have been a powerhouse in the, in the entire league for so many years, but they're off to a— 13 and 13 start and I kind of want to throw this moderately hot take out there I would like to say that the Dodgers they're off to a 13 and 13 start I know it's April but I think this is an indication that they might not be as good I don't I don't think they're the same Dodgers that we've seen in the last couple of years I know we all expect them to just be the Dodgers but this year I don't think that 
they're gonna they're gonna have that same hundred win season that they had. They I think they might be a wild card team to be honest. No, I'm I'm with you on that because uh, the like the Padres like like the Dodgers the Padres are struggling, but I have more faith in the Padres to win that division and the Dodgers still to get. 85 to 92 wins in that range. That's what I think. 85 would be the low end. More 85. Like 90, 90, 87 See, to 92. I was I was thinking like 89, like 93, like in that range, which I, is still a drop off from the 111 that they had last year. But 80, 82. That, that was the like I think 85 to the 90, 97 with more of the 87 to 92. Yeah, but I I mean this is not the same Dodger team at least in my opinion. I mean, Andy, you're a California guy, LA guy, yeah. and you you see them across town with. All they've lost, they've lost Corey Seager in the last couple of years, Trey, Trey Turner, Turner, Justin Turner, Justin Turner. That was a huge piece. Gavin Lux out for the year with the torn ACL. And AJ Pollock, Cody Bellinger. I mean, if you want to see how he's doing with the Cubs, I mean, as a Dodgers fan, that must hurt. Yeah, it has to. But ha- happy for Cody Bellinger. I mean, he had some rough years in LA, and now all of yeah. a sudden picking it back up and a change of scenery. All sometimes that's all guys need. But yeah, this Dodgers team, it's not the same because. You go from a who's who of MVP candidates at the top of the order, and you still have that, but now Jason Hayward's your three-hitter. So it's there's definitely a drop-off in talent there, and I think this is the year where it's going to affect them, especially with the competition in that division, guys. Yeah, that, that division, I mean, outside of the Rockies and maybe the Giants, that division's good. The Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are, are good. I think I said before the season that they were going to make the playoffs, and I think this year I'm encouraged by what I've seen. Yeah, and you saw it last year too, a little bit, like with Zach Gallen, Mer- Merrill Kelly, and am I forgetting another one? One of their arms, Bumgarner. Bum, no, yeah. <laughs> Bum Bumgarner's past faster. Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly you mentioned, and then yeah, there might be another, but yeah, yeah. they've been they their pitching's good, and they have a lot of good young hitters too. Corbin yeah. Carroll's a dog. He's he's a beast, dude. And then you also look at. Christian Walker's a huge power threat, and Cattell Marte's always going to be a solid player. There's talent there. There's talent there. So they're another team that's exciting. I'm wondering for you guys, is there any other team? Is there a player that you're looking at that's been off to a hot start and thinking this could be their year? Ethan, what are you thinking? Well, to all the, the Mets fans, just may, the Jared Kelnick hype this train is, coming. Yep. is officially here. I know he's had, a, he's had a rough few games going 0-4 today, but it was it was another lefty. But before that, he was hitting over 400 against lefties with, I think, three bombs, which is more than he's ever had in his career against lefties. Remember at the beginning of the year, he was getting platoon at-bats. Yeah, he's, like, he's been a perennial, like, can't-hit-lefties kind of hitter, and yeah. now this year he's doing it all around. It's all in the approach, really, I think, for him. He totally overhauled his swing, which is looking a lot better to actually hit lefties the opposite field. When he was getting up to the plate early in his career, it kind of looked like he was trying to pull the ball every time and then would get get very in his head and get angry. You could see him kind of lashing out. He was brought up before J-Rod, right? Yeah, he was the brought year up before. In, he was yeah. supposed to be the guy. The guy yeah, it was that a was, big deal when he was called, like was, in the middle of the year, right? He got called, he up, got called, 2021. He called up in May in, of 20, yeah, 2021, and I remember he had a bomb in one of his first games and then went over like 30, got sent back down to Tacoma. Yeah, but overall, the Mariners, they're supposed to be a big— a bit a threat in that AL West. I know it's tough to say big threat with the looming Houston Astros always having a stranglehold of that first place spot in the AL West. But there, the Mariners are off to a decent start. Maybe not the hot start that you would have wanted coming out of the off season. But is this a team that you see going forward to be a contender in that AL West? That, the, the Mariners are my team, but the Robbie Rowe, Robbie Ray. That's a big that's loss. A, that's a big that's loss. Huge. 
They can't keep going with Chris Flexen. I think that they'll probably call up Bryce Miller, their top pitching prospect, at a double A. 99-97, I think he's going to be a dog for them, and they're going to need him to step it up, as well as probably going to have to go get another bat. You can't keep putting out A.J. Pollock, as we discussed. He's been struggling, and especially Colton Wong. He can't be getting meaningful at-bats and, and games that you don't need to win right now, but and down the line, July, June, May, August, you're going to need to win these games, and Colton Wong's not helping them. So I could actually see them missing the playoffs, as much as I love to say, or as much as I love the Mariners. And then uh, one last team that I want to bring up is the Tampa Bay Rays. Sitting at 20-5, and five, they got off to that crazy start. 13? Winning, yeah, winning yeah. all those games to start the year. So now they've lost a little bit, which was expected. Obviously, you're not going 162-0 and 0 or even touching that. But l- listen, the last two nights, they've lost to the Astros. They've gotten shut out by the Astros twice so it that's always going to beg the question are they for real like what is this team because they played their first three series of the season the tigers the nationals and the a's and they had another series against the reds in there so that's always going to be something but you do have to play the teams that are in front of you and the rays i don't think this hot start necessarily is sustainable but i think there's no question i think you guys can agree that they're going to be a mainstay in that ALEs picture for the entire season yeah, that's the thing with the, you can never count the Rays out. They're so well run. Somehow like they always find an organizational standpoint. Yeah, they, they're and I don't know if you saw this actually. This is going off topic, but recent the Rays have been notorious for never being able to fill their stadium. But I saw a picture on Twitter the other that thing was packed for a game in April. I saw they're opening the the three hundred level. Yeah, yeah, for the Yankees series yeah. when they come to town next weekend. People, the people are noticing that the the Rays they might be doing something. There's something going on there. Yeah, and they'll get they're gonna get Glasnow back soon. I know losing Springs is also huge to Tommy John. Yeah, mm-hmm. big loss. But it seems like the Rays have eighty thousand minor leaguers that are Endless. throwing ninety seven to ninety nine with a ninety two mile per hour slider. With like five inches of run yeah. and everything. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense how they do it. They had a down year last year, and honestly, I thought this year they were gonna take a step off the gas and pro- possibly miss the postseason. I think at this point we're we're not looking at that. Whether they win the AL East down the road is going to be is going to be interesting because it's about what they do against the AL East opponents. They've already lost a series to, to Toronto. It benefits the less games though for them. It does. It definitely does. You're seeing more. Yeah, that div- I mean that division for benefits every- everyone though for everybody. It's been it's been insane where that you're playing 19 games against teams that are all above 500. So yeah, that relaxed schedule with the 13 division games now. It's going to be helpful, and we're seeing the Rays take advantage of it for now, but obviously they're they're a great team. That's what we're seeing. So it's going to be an interesting race between the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees, maybe the Orioles too. Well, who, who do you think uh, while we're at it? I mean, if I'm biased, I got I to gotta say the Yankees, right? I, ha- I, ha- I have to say that. If the Yankees are healthy, I think they're the best team in that division, no question. But it's just about getting healthy, and I'm, I'm not going to play doctor here and <laughs> – predict when these guys are going to come back. What do you guys think? I think the Blue Jays. I that think was the Blue my Jays, pick yeah. the year. The Blue, Jays, the Blue Jays are a scary team, and yeah, they're, they're on par with the Yankees. If not, they could be better, especially, well, it's definitely right now, but you could make the case, absolutely. It's looking like they're getting A's Matt Chapman, too. They're not getting the, the yeah. past few years version of him. Yeah, I mean, he's been, you obviously know his glove is outstanding, but now his bat, too, he's picking it up offensively. There's been a lot to like. With Toronto, Tampa Bay is off to a great start. The Yankees, not so much, but we're thinking they're going to get there. But there's a lot of baseball left to be played in 2023. 
But I think that's going to do it for now, guys. We talked about a lot with the Yankees and Mets and really covered the entire league. But that's going to be all for Nosebleeds today. Producer of this week's podcast was Lou Orlando. You can check it out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From Andy Perez, Ethan Kramer, I'm Brian Raybacks. Thank you so much for listening to Nosebleeds, which is a production of WFUV Sports.